Hello and welcome to another episode of Varsity 360. I'm Colombian sports editor Micah Rice, joined by Tim Martinez, and uh, we're kind of in an unusual situation compared to recent years. Uh, uh, all our football teams are done, uh, none having reached the state quarterfinals. I believe you looked it up for the first time since 2007. So, uh, what happened? <laughs> Well, you know, first off, we didn't get a lot of teams through to the first round. We just had uh, the three uh, Clark County teams plus Kelso. So, um, you know, I kind of I think our predictions were that the local teams would go one and three. Um, but I, you know, I, I kind of felt like oh, they could go two and two or three and one. Didn't expect them to go four and zero oh or zero oh and four, and that's what happened. Um, you know. Uh, you know, I, I went up to uh, Burien to watch uh, Highline and uh, Washougal play, and that was that was a good competitive uh, back and forth game. Um, you know, Highline did a really nice job. Uh, their defensive backs on uh, Washougal's receivers, which Baylor really made it hard uh, for Holden B to uh, to find open receivers. Um, uh, Washougal did a good job running the ball in the first half, and uh, but uh, struggled in the second half. And uh, just in the end, just uh, too many turnovers. And uh, but um, and then I saw Skyview play on Saturday against Graham Kapowson. And I don't know if you when you we go to a football game and they're warming up and you kind of look at the teams, you try to get an idea of you know how they size up physically. And if scales, you know, were the deciding factor, then you know I think Graham Kapowson already had a touchdown on the board. Yeah, they were they had the size, but. Um, and, and and that showed too because uh, the Graham Kapowski went out and scored on their first four drives. Uh, Skyview had a tough time stopping them, um, and then the offense kind of got going, but could never quite catch up. And and so um, yeah. They, they were out when you saw the center play. Yeah, I, I was going to remark that. I think a lot of the elements that you just mentioned are very similar to kind of what the center faced in that. Number one, you're in the state playoffs. You're gonna, it's going to be a, a quality opponent that you face. And I think in the case of LeCenter, they faced a team in Kashmir that uh, met them in their um, uh, physicality, especially up front. And then you throw in a, a bit of the elements. It was, it was very windy, cold, and wet uh, in that game on Friday night. And it kind of uh, took the passing out of the game. And so it just became a slog in the trenches. And, uh, uh, and, and like like you said, uh, uh, happened to Skyview and, and Washougal, um, the team usually that makes the most mistakes ends up on the short end of a playoff game, and, and LeCenter had a pick six for a touchdown. Uh, they fumbled inside their own five, which uh, led to another cashmere touchdown, and it's just a real good reminder that uh, while we, we've become used to our local teams down here making deep runs in the state playoffs, um, it, it, there's a very thin margin for error, and uh, uh, you know, you have a, a bad couple of drives, and it can uh, end your season. Yeah, you know, I mean, we had a really good run from I think it's 2016 to 2019, where we had at least one state <coughs> champion for those years. So we had a lot of uh, deep runs, and in addition, you had other teams making it to the semifinals. And so we're used to being very busy mm -hmm. this time of year. So it's a little bit odd not to uh, you know be busy coming into the third week in November um, with football, at least. Um, but uh, I think all three of those teams that we just talked about can look forward to next year. Definitely. Uh, you know, Washougal is loaded with juniors. Uh, Skyview has a lot of juniors and, and some sophomores who may 
key contributions. And LeCenter also has uh, juniors and sophomores on its team that played big roles. So I think there are teams that can kind of take this experience, this playoff experience, kind of uh, grow from it and, and, and motivate them and move them on to 2013. I definitely agree with that. 23. <laughs> I definitely agree with that. And uh, have you reflecting? It wasn't that long ago when, it, you know, at the time when we had Union, you know, and Camus and Hawkinson all basically running off state titles one after another. And we started to do sort of these think pieces of why is it uh, that Southwest Washington is so good in high school football? And we, we kind of came back to, you know, there's some socioeconomic is, um, uh, issues at play, which allow some of these programs to, you know, flourish. And then you have continuity and coaching staffs that uh, have allowed, um, you know, uh, people like Steve Kaiser, Rosie, Rory Rosenbach, uh, John Eagle at the time, and, and uh, Rick Steele at Hawkinson, who had really kind of established their programs. Well, what this year got me thinking about is, all those advantages aside, these things are still cyclical. There's other areas in the state, uh, up north near Seattle, Spokane, uh, even Tri-Cities. You know, there's the, we aren't the only ones that enjoy those um, uh, advantages that continually allow high school football teams to make deep runs in the state playoffs. So you're going to have years where just you know, someone else is a little bit better. And, and uh, you know, we were up for a while. Uh, now, you know, we're kind of on the other end of the scales, but it will come back probably around again. Who And who knows how long. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, that leaves us with uh, volleyball and soccer. We'll talk to Will Denner about soccer uh, later on in the show. But uh, uh, volleyball, um, some things uh, never change, uh, and that's uh, Richfield and Columbia River having another uh, epic battle for a district uh, title match. Uh, you know, the, the, these two teams and these two programs have just given volleyball fans so much to uh, to watch and to cheer for, uh, really, since, um, you know, over the last five years they've been there. So. Yeah, it's, you know, it's good. It's it's fun to watch, and, uh, and you kind of know they're on the opposite end of the brackets at state, mm -hmm. so... Um, if they're going to meet again, it'll probably be for some hardware uh, yeah. at stake. So hopefully they'll both be alive and playing on, I guess it's Saturday they, they play? Yes. Friday, Saturday. Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, I mean, you'll be heading over there to watch them play and, you know, bring your parka when you're outside because <laughs> it's going to be chilly in Yakima. Yeah, um, yeah so it's, I think, you know, it's it's been a good run for volleyball, too, here locally and over the past couple of years. And... Uh, I mean, you looked it up the last time River lost or River lost to somebody that wasn't Richfield. Yeah, so I did some digging. Uh, I wanted to answer the question about when was the last time Columbia River or Ridgefield lost to a team not named Columbia River or Ridgefield. And Ridgefield, uh, th their cases, uh, they, they lost their season opener to Camus, but Camus is a very good 4A program. Uh, so if you want to kind of throw that out. The last time Ridgefield lost to a 2A opponent not named Columbia River, you have to go all the way back to the 2017 state tournament when the Sputters lost to Linden in the semifinals. So that just kind of shows you the level of consistency they've been able to have out there at Ridgefield. You know, obviously two state titles during that time in, in uh, 2018 and 2019, uh, a trip to the state championship match last year where ultimately Columbia 
Columbia River prevailed. Um, Columbia River, you know, it's always been kind of right there with Ridgefield. You look at uh, uh, at, at River, uh, you have to go. They, now they lost to Woodland in a match in the 2020 season, which obviously was the COVID season. Mm -hmm. So you never, it was only within the district that they played. But in a full season, uh, including a state tournament, Columbia River's last loss to a team not named Ridgefield was the 2019 state tournament, a first round loss to White River. Uh, and then at that point, uh, River or, uh, Columbia River put together three straight victories and ended up with a trophy in, in that. So uh, really, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised at all if River and Ridgefield end up on another collision course, which, as you mentioned, would be in the state title match. Uh, number two seed Columbia River, number four seed Ridgefield on the opposite side of the bracket. Right, and then the other tournaments, we have Camas and in the 3A and Prairie and Kelso. No, Camas in the 4A, Prairie and Kelso in the 3A. Uh, 3A starts Thursday, yes. runs Thursday, Friday. Um, you know, uh, you know, both these these teams they have to play their way into state through a very large by district, and so the teams that come out of the by district at 3A and 4A represent like a third to almost half of the field, depending on the classification. So um, they've already seen some of the tough teams, and yeah. so it's kind of a you know a preview for state. For in some ways, they're going to see. Um, uh, and so a chance to kind of build off that and and uh, and try to turn in some victories this weekend and and you know come away and get some hardware. Yeah, and Prairie and Camas both enter the state tournaments uh, with very similar uh, experience or very similar results in last weekend's by district playoffs. Both uh, made it to the semifinals with a uh, you know pretty pretty good showings in the early rounds, but then lost their semifinal matches and then lost the third place match. So like you said. Those could be uh, experiences that they really glean from and, and uh, opponents that they might see again in, at the Yakima Valley Sundome. But uh, I think Camus has the, uh, the talent to, if they put things together, can make another run to the trophy round, kind of like they did uh, uh, last year. Uh, Prairie, I think, is really trying to build something, and uh, uh, they, they haven't, uh, you know, gotten, they haven't gotten to the trophy round in a few years at Prairie, but uh, they, they have a tough matchup uh, uh, as a number 12 seed against number five Bellevue in the first round, but if, uh, if they, they win that, then you know who knows they, yeah. you know they they definitely have the talent to to put something together yeah no it it, it would put them into a position where they would play potentially the 4 seed the way how the bracket works and so um you know it's better than you know being in like a 8 9 seed match where you win and then you get the top seed coming right. you know, out, out so um yeah you know coming coming out of the by district i think the most thing to look at is is you know you know who did they lose to how do they play in the semifinals the third place match Particularly now, um, in the way that the seating's done, it's kind of you know I think it's kind of anticlimactic. There's right. there's nothing really at stake, and so I think after you know two busy days of, of volleyball, your team can just kind of come out flat in that match sometimes. Uh, so sometimes you know wins and losses and that doesn't really carry a whole lot of of, of value going forward. But um, but yeah, but again, I think the experiences, the the wins and the losses coming out of by district, I think is something that will help them. Both teams move forward this weekend in Yakima. Yeah, and, and uh, it's one of my favorite events to cover every year because it really is just 
all-day, all-encompassing. Uh, uh, since they moved the tournament to Yakima, they now start matches at 7 in the morning because they're cramming in 2A, 3A, and 4A during a three-day window. Uh, uh, luckily, both uh, Columbia River and, and Ridgefield, they'll be the, um, the first teams to start on Friday. They will um, uh, they will uh, tip off their matches at uh, 8.45 a.m., so not, not some obscenely early, uh, you know, wake-up call for that. But uh, uh, I'll be heading over on Thursday, uh, see what Prairie does in their first-round match, and then uh, catch up with the Falcons uh, uh, Thursday evening. So, and uh, as always, uh, be sure to follow. Uh, uh, we'll be posting updates on Twitter and uh, 360preps.com. Okay, I'm joined now by Will Denner, and we're going to talk about some uh, state soccer. Uh, busy weekend for our local soccer teams. Four teams playing in, in the uh, quarterfinals of the uh, state soccer tournaments, all the way from classification 2A to 4A, uh, but only one survived. Uh, you're going to be headed up to Shoreline this weekend for some Final Four soccer action with uh, Columbia River, which um, you know, they just have a knack of winning uh, close games. Uh, what have you seen from Columbia River that allows them to, uh, in the case of their first round win over Bellingham, triumph one to nothing, and then uh, uh, get a 2-1 win against West Valley Spokane. What is it that allows them to, you know, make sure that they're in every game and uh, are able to triumph when uh, more often than not? Yeah, um, I think they just play really complementary to one another. Um, they've had a, a season where, you know, a couple of players got injured and then you have situations, of course, where, you know, players are playing out of their normal positions. Like, Ava Esslinger has been like one of their star center forwards. She normally, or she has also played um, outside back. Um, Ava Lipinskis has moved to center back. She normally played midfield. Um, and just like a couple examples like that, I feel like of everybody kind of being willing to do what's best for the team. Um, and I think that's that's been a key part of their success. And then really just the experience that they returned this year. Um, I, I remember after covering them at the State Final Four last year, um, it seemed like of all the those, you know, kind of top 2A Greater St. Helens League teams that they had the most coming back, just a lot of juniors and, and even some sophomores who had been around the program for a while. Um, and, and now they're, you know, carrying some of the, the best experience I think they've had in recent years. So, I think that's the most impressive thing to me about the program that uh, Philly Affinigus runs over there, not only with the girls, but also the boys at Columbia Rivers. Mm -hmm. How they, they don't go through these valleys and, and peaks. It's like you, you just know that every year Columbia River soccer is going to be solid. They're going to compete for league titles. Uh, and frankly, they've had to be when you consider the other uh, strong programs in the 2A Greater St. Helens league and that Ridgefield does the same thing. They're there every year. Hawkinson, you know, this was considered a quote-unquote down year for Hawkinson and they still yeah. they still knock off the number one seed Fife and, right. and make it to the state quarterfinals uh, uh, last weekend. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just this you know, I think I, I sent out a tweet that alluded to it being kind of a law of nature. And, you know, this time <laughs> of year, the leaves on the trees are going to change and the 2A Greater St. Helens League girls soccer big three are going to make a run in the state playoffs. Yeah. And that definitely happened again. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think for both Hawkinson and Ridgefield to get road wins in the first round. And, you know, I think uh, I, I also tweeted this out last week that I, I think there was a little maybe a little bit too much uh, disrespect for how the 
seedings went and, you know, even River getting a sixth seed despite, you know, two of their, I believe two of their three losses were to other teams in the 2A grade, or to, in the uh, District 4 for 2A. Um, and then they also lost to 4A Union. But, um, Again, a really strong year for that league, and even RA Long, um, they mm -hmm. handed River their only uh, league loss this year. But the thing about River that's always impressed me, kind of going back to your previous point, is they seem to always respond really well to a loss um, in, in the time that I've seen them, both at, in the regular season and even, you know, like last year when they when they lost to a really good Archbishop Murphy team up at, at the State Final Four come back and finish third and beat Ridgefield um, in a penalty kick shootout. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of uh, lines up with uh, this weekend and playing Tumwater, a yes. team that they lost to in the district championship. On a, I, I believe Tumwater scored in stoppage time to mm -hmm. get the go-ahead goal there. So um, I'm going to be really curious to see how they respond to that. And I'm sure there will be no shortage of motivation for that one. Well, no shortage of motivation, but also this is a chance where you, you can make adjustments because you've just seen this team yeah. uh, in a high-pressure situation at, at a district championship match on Tumwater's home field. Yep. Now you're on, on a neutral site. Um, uh, you know you can hang with uh, with the other team. I mean, River can hang with anybody. They, they've, I, I can't recall the last time they've, they've had a you know, a lopsided loss, but, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you never, I, you know, it's one of those things that Columbia River, you just expect them to be there every year yeah. and always have a puncher's chance uh, to, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised that they find a way past Tumwater and, and play for a state championship. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Tumwater's a great program. They've had an unbelievable year. I think they're making their uh, first ever appearance in the state final four at the two A level, and they they're undefeated to this point. But yeah, River, um, you know when they get there, I think they always have a chance. And um, I, you know, I th and you know even talking to them after the Bellingham game, I think they were they were pretty motivated motivated to um, you know keep this season going as long as possible for their senior class and kind of uh, make some more memories as as Philly um, Fenegas kind of challenged them to do and. Um, now they're here. They have two more games to play, and you know why not um, go go after that state title? So yeah, I mean, add another to it. I, th I think this they've won three state titles. I have to double check that, but I'll, I'll I believe it's four. Four, yeah. four, yeah. So uh, uh, get get another one. Uh, get get another. Oh right, they they got four stars by their. Right. Uh, so that exactly. that's how you can tell that. So get a fifth star next to their name. And, yep. And. Uh, um, I think we'd also be a little remiss if we didn't just give a nod to uh, uh, Camus, yeah. which uh, yeah, obviously Camus, another really strong year, uh, defending 4A state champions, but uh, 4A soccer is always so tough. And uh, I, I can't recall a year that there hasn't been a, a program that, that dominated, uh, going all the way back to, to kind of Matty Kemp's years mm. at, at Camus. That was the last time I felt like... Um, uh, you really had a clear-cut favorite in, in the foray, and that was definitely um, the case this year with Issaquah, a team that uh, Columbia River, or uh, Camus beat in the state championship right. match last year. Um, you know, it was a one-nothing game on Saturday, very evenly matched teams, and it just that—that's the nature of soccer. Just one moment can uh, uh, determine a match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, in terms of dominance, I mean, Camus did have a pretty dominant year. They lost their season over to Jesuit, didn't lose again until last Saturday. They had a 15-game win streak, and the the past seven had been by shutout. And I think. Uh, 
you know, in a playoff game like that, when, when the road team scores first and it's, you know, a team that, um, you know, for Cam, it's not, not always, I would say, the, uh, the most firepower on offense, but they do have a really good mm-hmm. defensive side. Um, so, yeah, when, when uh, Issaquah scored, I think it kind of took a little wind out of the sails. But, um, yeah, for a team like Issaquah has a seven seed, too. Yeah. To, I mean, it's crazy. Just um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but, yeah, great year for Camus. Um They had a really good senior class. I thought their their back line was really strong. And then, of course, their their goalkeeper, Keely Wazorek, who seemed like when, whenever they needed a save and a penalty kick mm-hmm. or anything else, uh, she was she was there to do it for them. So, yeah, great year for them. And, um, you know, sometimes that just happens in playoff soccer. So, Well, yeah, especially, you know, you get one goal, it changes the entire strategy of the match. You know, a, t- a good team like Issaquah, they can pack their defense back yeah. and make it really difficult to, to get any sort of breathing room on the attacking third. Yeah. And so that, that's one of those things that makes uh, uh, soccer great is that one moment can uh, can really determine the match. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how River does up in, in Shoreline. Uh, at the you know, Friday, they play Tumwater, and then they'll see who they get uh, either in the championship match or a third-place match the following day. But be sure to follow Will on uh, Twitter for updates, and also check out 360preps.com. 